Hey church, we just heard an incredible message that we believe is for you. So get ready to be encouraged, to be strengthened. This will change your life. We love you so much. We've been in a series as a church on the book of Colossians. And uh, I have personally been growing as we've been walking through this passage of scripture. And I pray that you will grow today as well. So you're just going to jump in with us. You're with family. We love you already. Uh, uh, so if you have your Bibles, why don't you guys turn with me to Colossians uh, chapter 1, verse 22. We're going to read verses 22 and 23. For those of you taking notes, the title of today's message is, Can I Take Your Order? Can I take your order? Colossians chapter 1, verse 22 here. Let me see. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith established, uh, uh, continue in your faith established, Holy, I'm messing up here. Establish and firm and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. This is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, have become a servant. Uh, My wife and I, uh, when we first got married, the question that you get as a newlywed is, when are you going to have kids? That's right, when are you going to have kids? So when you're single, everybody in your life wants to know when you're going to get married. That's what they ask you. But then once you get married, they want to know when you're going to have kids. And after you have your first one, when you're going to have another kid, okay? And this goes on until you die. They just keep asking you question after question after question. Uh, so we decided, we, but we were having a great time. My wife and I, we had met, were married seven years before we ever had our first child. We were dinks, double income, no kids. And it was wonderful, okay? And then you have a child and they take your money, okay? They just take it and they just keep consuming your money over and over and over again. But our, our oldest, Parker, uh, when we had him, we, we wanted to make sure, you know, our kid wasn't going to be the center of our life. God was still the center of our life. And then our marriage came before our parenting, okay? Because one day the kids leave. Come on, I'm helping you out here. But... You still will have your spouse. So we were trying to be intentional about our date nights and then even being intentional about going away. Every single time we would go away, our son would get sick. Every single time. Here I am, wanted to take my wife away on a little romantic getaway. But I can't tune into her and she can't tune into me because this little rug rat back at the house... Is sick. Now I love Parker so much. Still love him. I didn't like him very much uh, during that time. It was he was taking our attention away uh, from each other. But it's honestly what you sign up for uh, when you're going to be a parent. Uh, whenever things are going well and smooth, Parker would all all of a sudden always insert some little sickness. Same is going on in this church at Colossae. They are going well. They're moving the right direction. They've heard the gospel in its purity. Uh, it's it's in it, unfiltered, unadulterated. They have heard the gospel. And some heretics, some liars, 
Some deceivers have gotten there and are trying to now distort the gospel. They are trying to take what was once pure and they're trying to taint it. And this is just what happens whenever things are going well in your life, okay? Do not be surprised when life throws you curveballs. It's just what happens. Whether it's a business, whether it's a relationship, whether it's a church, whatever it might be, when things are going great, life has a way of throwing obstacles at you and the same thing happens here so the apostle paul is writing this letter trying to combat trying to give truth trying to silence these heretics letting the church know who jesus is and what it means to be his follower so again we start here but now he has reconciled you by christ's physical body that's an intentional intentional jab at the gnostics these heretics who are saying all matter is evil by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish, no pimples, no stretch marks and free from accusation, free from accusation. Some of you may remember a couple of weeks ago when we talked about you and I being in the courtroom and we are the defendant and we have struggles, pains, uh, and the biblical word for it many times is sins that we have committed, ways that we have missed the mark, that we have not done what God would want us to do in any given situation. And we are there as the defendant uh, on trial. God is the judge, and the word Satan actually means accuser. So here he is in the courtroom accusing you reminding you of every fault, every failure, every shortcoming, every way that you have not measured up to what God wants you to do. And he talks about the pornography and he talks about you sleeping around and he talks about the guilt that you are carrying as a result of paying for the abortion or maybe the guilt you're carrying because you had the abortion or the way you've treated some family members or individuals that you care about or when you quit when you should not have quit. And you have all of these things that you have done and I have done. As a matter of fact, if we took some time out today and had each person stand up and share something that they were ashamed of, all of us would probably have something to talk about. The reality is a lot of your friends are not coming to church because they're ashamed. There's some guilt that they're carrying and they don't want to go to a place where they're going to need to be reminded of the thing that they're reminded of every day when they look at themselves in the mirror. So they think church is about them being judged. Little do they know that the beauty of the gospel of Jesus Christ and what happened in Christ's physical death, we have been reconciled to God and now you and I are free from this accusation. So as the devil is the prosecution and you are the defendant, you have an advocate, you have a lawyer, and his name is Jesus. And he stands up and says, your honor, we plead the blood. We are, Our answer to all of these accusations is not that he or she didn't do it. It's that what I've done for them is greater than what they did, and now they are covered. You are free from accusation. 
Please stop walking around like you have a cloud over your head. Please stop walking around carrying guilt and shame as if you're doing God a favor. Please stop walking around reminding yourselves of yourself of all of your shortcomings. The reality is this. What God did for you on the cross of Jesus Christ is greater than the sins that you have committed. You are now free from accusation. And whenever you live with guilt and shame, it impacts your confidence. It impacts how you walk into a room. It impacts whether you stand up tall. It impacts whether you look people in the eye or you feel like you got to put your hand in your park pocket and sway your foot a little and look down at the ground. Hey, you are a child of the king. You've been made brand new. You hold your head up high, not because you're perfect but because his blood has cleansed you and made you new and you are holy in his sight. Free from accusation, blemishes washed away. If we really believe this, I think we just live differently. I think you might even pray differently. I think you would stop coming to God so sheepish. I think you'd stop coming to God with so many questions and wondering, and I don't know, and can I? And he's looking at you like, you're my son, you're my daughter. I don't even see you through the eyes of your sin. I now see you through the eyes of my Savior, okay? So I have made you free and new and clean and whole. You are free from accusation. But that's not the only thing the Apostle Paul uh, says here. He says, if you continue in your faith established and firm and do not move do not move from the hope held out in the gospel don't pack your bags from where you are and move to another place stay where you are this is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven and of which I Paul have become a servant this word servant here means waiter Waiter. So you, have you ever been to a restaurant and had really bad service? I have. And it's aggravating, right? Because you're, you're paying for this meal and the experience, not just the food, but the experience as well. And you're like, man, you're ruining my whole night. Uh, I, I asked for water 17 minutes ago. I, I, I'll, get, I'll get it myself if you just point me the right direction. Why oh, did I finish my glass of water and now you've walked past this table 38 times and you have not just... So, boom, that's it. I just, I just need this little turn of the wrist. Just fill this up right here. I'm parched. I'm dying here. We're throwing ice cubes at our waiter, trying to get their attention. There is a, uh, there is a restaurant in Chicago. I, I've been there one time called Ed DeBevix, I believe it is. And, Ed De Be- and at Ed DeBevix, all of the waiters are rude to you on purpose. I'm not kidding. You go there and they're like, whatever. Can I take your order? I don't care about your order. You know, get it yourself. They're just really, really rude. The guy actually called me Hootie from Hootie and the Blowfish when I was there. Very disrespectful. I called him Pee Wee Herman uh, as well. And then when I left, you know, we pounded it. You know, we kind of went back and forth uh, at each other. But when you go to that restaurant, you know they're going to be rude. 
I'm paying for that experience. But when I go to another restaurant and I got my lovely lady with me, I would like, if I say dressing on the side, I would like my dressing to be on the side and not to have extra dressing on my salad. If I ask for my steak to be medium well, because I don't like the blood dripping everywhere, and you bring me out medium rare, that's the problem. Why in the world do I have to now send this back? Is anybody, I'm I'm on a rant right now. Is anybody with me? You're like, oh my goodness gracious. Now I recognize everybody has a bad day. No problem at all, okay? But I tip. 20% is my minimum, okay? All you got to do is just bring me my food. I'm giving you 20%. I'll go above that if you do a great job, but if you're not going to do a better job, you're just getting 20%, okay? You're not squeezing anything else out of me. I wonder, when the Apostle Paul writes this, he says he's a servant of the gospel. I wonder, how are you and I doing waiting on the gospel what type of service are you giving to the gospel the next time you have a bad waiter I ask yourself are you treating the gospel any better I ask yourself is the is the water glass of the gospel half full Ask yourself, are you bringing the gospel's order out cold over and over and over again? Ask if if you are actually writing down what the gospel says and actually bringing the order the way it was asked of you. Or are you trying to distort the order? Ask yourself how you are serving the gospel. Because the gospel asks for your everything, but you and I want to just give some things. The gospel asks for you and I to live with conviction, and many of us want to live with convenience. And, and, and you, you can say, well, well, I'm not, I'm not the waiter of the gospel, because in today's day and age, what we want to do is make the gospel wait on us. And we're trying to switch the tables. <laughs> we're trying to say, I don't, I don't serve it. It serves me. And we keep trying to change it over and over and over again, sending it back, trying to get it to be something different, get, sending it back, trying to get it to change with the time, sending it back, trying to make it adjust to our culture. And God is saying, no, 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 that's not what the gospel is. You are the waiter. Grab your napkin and grab your apron and write down what the gospel is asking of you to do and you and I do it you and I servants of the gospel how do you serve the gospel let me give you a couple things real real practical real real practical real quick believe it and share it believe it and share it okay real simple one two believe it and share it believe believe it believe That in Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, you and I have been made brand new. That your identity is no longer found in your gender, your color, your hair, your height, your your whatever. Your identity is now found in Jesus Christ. You have been made brand new. You're not even who you used to be anymore. You've been changed from the inside out. Believe this gospel. Believe that your sins have been forgiven. Believe that you are now free. Believe that you are a son and a daughter of God. Believe that he is on your side. Believe that he is fighting battles. Believe that he's conforming you to his very image. Believe it with all of your heart. Even when you don't feel it, believe it. Even when you act differently, still believe it. 
Even when your behavior does not line up, believe it. I want you to believe it to your very core. I don't want anyone to be able to shake from you the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then I want you to share it. I want you to share it. Doesn't mean you have to share it up on the platform and and have a microphone in your hand. In all honesty, you can share this gospel just by the way you live your life, the way you talk to people, the way you hold a door open and say, God bless you. And the way a coworker or a friend might come to you and say, hey, what's different about you? And you don't have to say, come to church with me on Sunday. What you can say is just your story. Tell them how Jesus Christ has changed you and transformed you from the inside out. What's your story, even if you don't even know a bunch of scriptures, okay? Even if you can't go, well, turn here and turn there and turn here and turn there. All you can say is, this is what he's done for me. This is who I used to be, and this is who I am now. This is how I used to think, and this is how I think now. And I'm not trying to shove anything down your throat. I'm just letting you know that I'm not the same person anymore. I have been cleansed, and I have been forgiven. Share it. But let's keep on going here through this passage of scripture because I like it. There's more. There's more in here. There's more in here. Go with me to verse 24. Now, verse 24. Colossians chapter 1, verse 24 and 25. Now, I rejoice in what I am suffering for you. And I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions. For the sake of his body, which is the church. I have become its servant by the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness. I rejoice in what I am suffering for you. I rejoice in what I am suffering for you. Two words that don't go together very often. Rejoicing and suffering. I rejoice in what I am suffering. Why can I rejoice in what I'm suffering? It's because it's for you. He says, I'm willing to go through the battle I'm going through because of you. I'm willing to deal with the hate and the venom that's coming my way for you. I'm willing to allow people to talk bad about me for you. So I rejoice in when I'm suffering because it's not even about the suffering. It's about you. And I'll go through whatever I need to go through to reach you. I, I heard it said, um, every spiritual principle has a, uh, a natural, um, illustration or physical illustration. I, I think I heard Tony Evans say that. So it's gotta be right. Cause that guy's so incredibly smart. <laughs> So, um, I, I've never been pregnant. Okay. Never, never gave birth to a baby. I have not, that has not happened to me. Uh, Sarah, it will happen to you, but it has not happened, uh, to me, uh, yet. Uh, and it won't ever, uh, happen to me in actuality. Um, but every lady in here who has been pregnant has given birth to a baby. You know, that baby takes over your whole body, everything. It's over for you. <laughs> They take, the baby consumes everything. Your appetite's not yours anymore. Your body's not yours. Remember, you used to have ankles. 
Then you get a baby and they're now called cankles, right? They're just, your ankles are gone. My wife's nose got so huge uh, when we were, when we were pregnant with Parker. I say we, she was pregnant with Parker. One person walked up to her one time at church and said, oh, your nose has gotten so big. <laughs> Utterly disrespectful. That person's going to hell. So we, uh, no, they're not, no, they're not. That's, that was dumb. That was inappropriate. Not even true. Not even true. Jesus loves them. So uh, the, the, the baby takes over everything. But the crazy thing is the baby doesn't stay in your belly. comes out (laughs) see this is where God knew women need to handle pregnancy because if it were a man it would have happened one time one time one time and we would have said oh no (laughs) this ain't happening ever again I don't know what made this happen but it's never happening again women you're stronger than us just so you know you are and we can admit that we can admit that I'm not giving birth to anything. Now, 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 the great thing about 2018 is they have these things called epidurals. Woohoo! Okay, they, they give you a shot, take away the pain, but that shot doesn't last forever. The pain, that, that little pain number goes away, and then you are left with, oh, my goodness, I just gave birth to a human being. And some of you are offended that I'm talking about epidurals, like, oh, the baby, and I get that. You know, I'm going to give birth naturally in a tub, and, you know, the baby's going to be swimming. And, and celebrate you. I celebrate you. You can totally do that if you'd like to, okay? But my wife was trying, she was taking vodka. She was grabbing <laughs> epidural. She was doing everything in her power to take all the pain away. <laughs> she asked me to go get her some weed. I said, honey, I am not going to get you marijuana. That is my child. She was willing to do whatever. Why? The, the pain is real, but she goes through it. Moms, you go through it for the baby. Like, I, I rejoice in the suffering. I go through this difficulty. I go through my body being taken over. I go through all of the adjustments. I go through all the discomfort. I go through all my appetite changing. Not for me. I'm going through all of that for someone else. I do that for you. I rejoice in my sufferings for you. Now, you have, you, you, we also have, have adopted. So... A birth mother goes through suffering and pain too. And they do it for their child. Here's a birth mom that carries their baby. And then they make the courageous decision to say, I can't give my baby the type of life I want to give my baby. So I'm going to take my child and put my child into your arms for you to raise this child as if you gave birth to him or her. This birth mom, and we've connected with a couple of them in our journey, goes through the pain for the child. It's powerful. 
and beautiful. I rejoice in what I am suffering for you. I rejoice in what I'm going through because you are so important. Um, can I be uh, super raw for a second? Okay, this is, this is not like joke that's coming. And some of you are about to be like, oh, my goodness. Okay, you, so I'm giving you fair warning uh, right now. Um, our, our youngest child is our daughter. Her name is Elle Grace. She's beautiful, okay? She's beautiful. She um, is my favorite right now uh, of my children. <laughs> I, I love my sons, but man, she, she's so special. She's got this beautiful dark uh, brown hair and these beautiful brown eyes, and, and she's half white and half Hispanic, okay? Um, and on Instagram, uh, this is some time ago, there was a picture of my daughter and I. I'm holding her. And I put it on there, you know, just, you know, celebrating her. And someone puts on my page a comment. Hey, nigger. White kids belong with white parents. I uh, gave the phone to uh, somebody who was uh, next to me uh, real quick, and they saw a number of other comments and just started, you know, Deleting, deleting, deleting the comments. Um, I love my daughter so much. I am willing to go through whatever racism may be in our world. Because God has given me a gift in L Grace. And I am not going to be intimidated by the lies and the stupidity and the ignorance of our day I'm going to hold her tight and keep posting picture after picture after picture after picture after picture I matter of fact I'll rejoice in that suffering for her I'll rejoice in that hate for her I'll rejoice in people throwing shade at me for her and this is what the apostle Paul said about this church and I just decided to after after reading this verse I was just, I made a renewed commitment to us as a church family that as we keep on growing and more people want to now have an opinion about who we are and what we say and where we go and what we do and what I wear and what I'm like and how loud I am or how quiet I am I just said you know what I'll take your emails, okay? Because I know on the other side of it, marriages are being put back together. I know on the other side of it, people are finding their destiny. I know on the other side of it, people's eyes are being opened to the beauty of who Jesus is. So I'll gladly take the suffering for you. I'm just letting you know, I, I just made a, I made a shift in my brain that I'll not be intimidated by Twitter and Instagram and emails. I'm just not going to be intimidated and I don't want you to be either. I don't want you to be intimidated by the suffering. I don't want suffering to make you quiet. I don't want the, the, the darts and the lies and the, and the junk that comes your way to silence you from being a passionate follower of Jesus Christ because the reality is there's someone else on the other side of your yes. There's someone else that God has called you to reach. It is not even about you. It's about his glory and people being connected to Jesus. Are you willing to suffer for grandkids you've never met? 
Are you willing to suffer for people on the other side of the world that are connected to your destiny? Or are we going to be some fat 2018 Christians that just keep saying, make my life better, make my life more convenient, make my life uh, more accommodating. I do not want that type of Christianity to be pulsating through this house. I want us to be a people that say, come hell or high water, I will follow Jesus because this is not about me. It's about the people that are on the the other side of my yes. Are you willing to suffer? Are you willing to rejoice in the suffering for you? When we have people at this church that are willing to wake up early, and this, is, this might be mild suffering, okay? This might be mild, but they're willing to wake up early and show up and set up a bunch of white cones across the parking lot and at a medical facility and in our parking lot here just so that you can have a little bit of order when you come to church. I'm just thankful for a team that would say, hey, I, 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 I'll suffer a little bit, but there's even other folks in here, you're family is telling you why you're giving that much money. Your family is telling you why you're giving that much time. Your family is telling you why do you keep going to church every week? The family is telling you, why don't you stop? Slow down. You're a fanatic. You're giving too much. You're going too far and you got to let them know I'm willing to go through all the hate that you're sending my way because my life isn't even about me. It's about the kingdom of God and people being impacted for the cause of Jesus Christ. I'll go through what I'm suffering For you, for you, for you, for you. Do not allow the suffering to intimidate you. Don't allow it to silence you. Don't allow being inconvenienced to silence you. Do not allow it, okay? It will try to bully you. Try to bully you. Stop. You don't need to go that far. Chill out. What are they going to think? Forget about what they are going to think. And think about the people that are on the other side of your yes that can't think anything but hopelessness and hurt and brokenness because you have not yet said yes. I wonder if you and I could see, if we could look in the eyes, I wish God sometimes would just give us a glimpse of who's actually on the other side of our yes. I think there's some things that would not offend us the way they offend us. There'd be some things that wouldn't bother us the way they bother us. And I'm in this with you guys, okay? I'm in this with you. I can get tripped up on the smallest of things as well and all of a sudden make it some big issue when it's not supposed to be a big issue. We are here on assignment. I rejoice in what I'm suffering for you I'll do it for you I'll do it for you I'll do it for you y'all this just so you know this is not the Christianity that's preached a ton okay it's not I'm not saying I'm better than I'm I'm not better than okay I'm trying to grow and learn I'm just letting you know our ears are tickled we're so interested in in it working for us Yes, some things need to work for you. Yes, I understand you got to grow. And yes, I understand there's got to be some benefit to you. I get all of that. But at the end of the day, if your walk with God is centered around how you are doing and not around the people that are impacted as a result of your obedience, you are not living gospel-centered Christianity. You are living humanistic-centered Christianity. And I would say that's no Christianity at all. So for you and I, 
want us to be like the Apostle Paul. I'm rejoicing when I'm suffering for you. He says, he says, I'm doing all this for the sake of the body. The body is the church. The, the, The church. He says, I have become its servant. So the Apostle Paul is not, is not thinking, hey, what can I get from the church? He's asking God the question, what can I pour into the church? It's a different mindset. It's just a shift, okay? And for some of us, we're like, man, this is new. I've never even heard anything like this. <laughs> I, I didn't even know this was in the Bible. I just thought, you know, Jesus loved me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. And that is true. But there's some more, and it will cost us everything. And it's for his glory and the good of the world. Um, If you want to be a follower of Jesus, you are signing up to be on his path, his journey. And I'm letting you know when you sign up to be a follower of Jesus, you sign up to be on, on mission with God. You are going to get the same things that Jesus gets and the same things that Jesus got when he was on this earth. He was loved, hated, celebrated, misunderstood. Some people stayed, other people left. There was cross, there was resurrection. If you're going to be a follower of Jesus, expect some mixture of all of these things. Expect it. And some people get hated more than others. And I know we're like, oh, man, why am I getting more hate? I don't know why. might be the part of the world a person was raised in. Because some places in the world, they don't get the chance to worship freely like we get to worship. Why are we born here and, and not there? God only knows. There's other individuals that get celebrated more. I don't know why, but what I do know is there's a mixture of all of this when you and I become followers of Jesus. I want you to lean into it. It's helping us become who he's calling us to be. So uh, he's saying, I serve the church. I'm not just looking for something shiny and new to be a part of. I'm being planted I'm not waiting for some cool hip preacher or some church with this kind of music or this kind of kids ministry or whatever to come in. No, I'm saying planted. I'll just tell you this uh, right now. I, I'm, my goal for your life and for this church is not for it to be big numerically. I'm not against that, okay? I'm not against growing. I celebrate it. I love it. I'm for it. But I'm not interested in just having a bunch of people sitting in seats whose lives are not surrendered to Jesus Christ. You're welcome to be here. But in this house, I'm going to encourage you, implore you, push you to grow, to become all that God has called you to be. I want you dying empty. I want the destiny that he put on the inside of you. I want the reason that you've been put on this earth to come to life in you. And in this house, this is an incubator for you to step fully into who God has called you to be. This is not a show. This is not a game. This is not entertainment. We are on mission And this is our headquarters. And I'm trying to send you out to be the hands and feet of Jesus. That's what this is. And if you're just looking for 
Wrong church. Wrong church. Wrong church. We welcome you exactly how you are, but we're trusting the grace of God to capture your heart in ways you never thought possible and conform you to the image of Christ. Even this upcoming Thursday, let me just throw this quick plug in for team night real quick. Quick plug for team night. This upcoming Thursday night, uh, we're going to be bringing together all of our volunteers, what we call our serve team here on Thursday night, just to remind ourselves of why we're doing what we're doing. I've got some fantastic surprises in store for the church, some things I'm really, really excited about. And I, I want you here at team night. So if you're on a serve team, make sure you're here this upcoming week. Be here on Thursday night. We got child care for you. It's going to be a fantastic time. Because you're the one that's saying, I'm rejoicing when I'm suffering for you. I'm serving the church for the cause of Jesus Christ. But let me tell you my dream for you real fast, and then we're going to shut down. You can take a picture of the screen here. Here's my dream. It's, it's real simple. I want to raise you up to be a Christ-like leader who makes it on earth as it is in heaven. That's my dream for your life, okay? There's nothing else behind the scenes, okay? That's what I want for you. I want you, I want everyone in our church, everyone in our church to be raised up to be a Christ-like leader who makes it on earth as it is in heaven and every single facet of society. Everyone in here will not be a preacher on a platform, but you will be a preacher in a cubicle or at an office or on a campus. You are a preacher somewhere. I want to raise you up to be a Christ-like leader who makes it on earth as it is in heaven. Hey, I want to... I want to say thank you for being on this journey together. I'm excited about the future and can't wait to see what God's going to do in you and through you. If you wouldn't mind, do me a favor, bow your heads for just a moment. If you're here today, you've never given your heart and your life to Christ. You've never made him number one. You've never made him first. But you're here today and you're saying, I don't want to go my own way anymore. I want to go his way. I don't want to be first in my life. I want him to be first. I'm not asking, do you want to join this church? I'm not asking, were you confirmed as a child? I'm asking. Do you want to surrender your heart and your life to Jesus? If that's you here, you've never given your heart and your life to Christ, or at one point in time you did and you slipped away, and today you want to surrender or resurrender your life to serving him, I'm going to ask you to do something simple but something incredibly bold. On the count of three, I want you to shoot your hand in the air and say, yes, that is me. I want to give my heart and my life to Christ. Ready? One, two, three. Just shoot your hand in the air. You're saying, yes, that is me. There's hands going up. All over this place, individuals saying, yes, I want to get on the path and the journey of following Jesus. Who else wants to get in on this prayer? This is a moment of transformation for you, a moment of a brand new beginning, a moment where you go from casual to all in. I'm going to ask everyone in this place to do me a favor. Put your hand over your heart if you would not mind and repeat this prayer out loud after me. Say, dear Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I admit I've made mistakes and today... I give you my heart. I give you my life. Give me the power to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast, church. If you gave your life to Jesus today, we'd love to know you, meet you, and hear your story. So be sure to email your information to info at shorelinecity.church so we can get you the tools you need to grow in Christ and impact this world. Love you, church.